The Old Testament lesson for this Easter Sunday service is from the book of Isaiah, the 65th chapter. Behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come into mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem to be a joy and her people to be a gladness. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. No more shall be heard in it the sound of weeping and the cry of distress. No more shall there be in it an infant who lives but a few days, or an old man who does not fill out his days. For the young man shall die a hundred years old, and the sinner a hundred years old shall be accursed. They shall build houses and inhabit them, and they shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be, and my chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain or bear children for calamity, for they shall be the offspring of the blessed of the Lord and their descendants with them. Before they call, I will answer. And while they're yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall graze together, the lion shall eat straw like the ox, and dust shall be the serpent's food. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, says the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And the epistle is from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, the 15th chapter. If in this life only we have hoped in Christ... We are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has also come the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the first fruits, then at his coming those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father after destroying every rule and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all of his enemies under his feet. And the last enemy to be destroyed is death. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Out of respect for Christ, we rise to hear the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel for this Easter Sunday is according to St. Luke, the 24th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. On the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And while they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise? And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, and Joanna, and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them, to the apostles, an idle tale, 
and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and he ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. Alleluia. He has defeated the powers of death. Alleluia. Jesus turns our sorrow into dancing. Alleluia. He has the words of eternal life. Alleluia. Jesus is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Please be seated. An Orthodox priest in the former Soviet Union was hurrying to his 8 a.m. Easter Sunday morning service when his car broke down. And in desperation, he rushed to a phone in order to call an operator or to talk to an operator to get some help. And filled with the joy of Easter, the priest greeted the operator with the traditional Easter greeting, He is risen. And the operator, surprised by the greeting, replied, Did he really? Isn't that the response that so many have to the angel's declaration that he is not here, he is risen from the dead? Oh, really? Did Jesus really rise from the dead? Do you feel that way this morning? Probably not. Otherwise, you would probably be sleeping in or you would be attending a community Easter egg hunt or you'd be meeting with your family and friends for an early brunch. Or you might be making your pilgrimage to a grocery store to get those last-minute items for your Easter supper later this, this day. No, we are here gathered in this place this morning to worship, aren't we? And to celebrate Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who was crucified for our sins who was dead for three days, but then rose from the dead in triumph. But let's be honest. As we experience pain and misery in life, as we grieve unfulfilled hopes and dreams, as we deal with the sorrows of life, are we not inclined to think of Easter this way? So Jesus rose from the dead. What difference does his resurrection make in my life? The women who make their way to Jesus' tomb are brokenhearted. Their hopes and their dreams are crushed with the horrific death of their beloved Jesus. Is life even worth living without his presence in their lives? Even before the sun rises, these faithful women are on their way to Jesus' tomb to anoint his corpse with ointments and spices. One can only imagine the heaviness of their heart as they make their way to Jesus' tomb. The gloom of defeat. The gloom of death. The gloom of hopelessness. It oppresses them. The Psalm 130 may have been on their lips as tears trickled down their cheeks. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. 
Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. These women have seen emotional heights and depths in their travels with Jesus. They've seen how high love can be as Jesus stooped down to the crippled and the hurting and to the rejected and the outcast, and he lifted them up with his love and his forgiveness. They've seen how high hope can soar, for Jesus told them about a kingdom that remains forever, and he has promised that he will take them to live with him in that kingdom forever. Then, in fact, there's a room prepared for them. But now these women are experiencing the lowest depths of depression and grief. The one who was the source of hope, their source of hope, is now laid low in death. And for the past three days, they have wallowed in the depths where love is conquered, where hopes are dashed and promises are broken, and death is a dead end. And most troubling to them is the startling realization that if God's Son cannot spring hope eternal, then who can? Jesus' death is the death of hope. And without hope, evil is inevitable. Struggles are meaningless, and life is purposeless. Without hope, there's no reason to fight. There's no reason to endure under the strain of life's uncertainties and difficulties. And sadly, this is how many people choose to live their lives. There's no Easter resurrection hope for the present or for the future. Many have no eternal perspective on life. And why? Because they live as though Jesus Christ is still dead. Woody Allen, the well-known American writer and film director, is one such person who lives his life as though Jesus is dead. He speaks for many when he says, it's not that I'm afraid to die, I just don't want to be there when it happens. That is spoken as a person who has no hope. No hope in the resurrection of the body to life everlasting. The psalmist in Psalm 130 does not give up, even when experiencing what he calls the depths. For it's out of the depths that he prays to God, O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. His is an urgent plea, a heartfelt plea. And isn't it always an urgent, heartfelt plea when a person finds themselves in the depths of life, in the depths of despair? But the psalmist's prayer is not only a prayer for divine help, but it's a cry of repentance. If you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? The images of God keeping a record of our sins. And how disturbing is that? Because we know how frequently we sin. The hymn writer is correct when he takes us to the cross of Christ and he points to that cross to the one that's crucified there for us and declares, you who think of sin but lightly or suppose the evil great, here may view its nature rightly, here its guilt estimate. The psalmist asks, if you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? And of course the answer is, no one can stand before God our judge. But the psalmist does not stop there. 
He continues, but with you, with you, O Lord, there is forgiveness. Have you ever heard more sweeter words than that? The three-letter word, but, makes all the difference in the world to us. And that word, but, appears time and again in, in the scriptures. For example, in Isaiah 40, we read, The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. In Psalm 118, the psalmist says, The Lord has chastened me severely, but he has not given me over to death. And in Psalm 130, we hear, and let me repeat these beautiful, wonderful words again, If you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, who could stand but with you there is forgiveness this verse contains the great good friday reversal where our heavenly father took the ledger with all of our sins and he handed it to his son and he said it is for these sins that you must suffer and die on that cross and as we heard in the Good Friday message, Jesus takes that ledger in hand and he assumes the responsibility and punishment for every single sin that we have ever committed or ever will commit. And as a result, we are redeemed. We are justified, declared holy in the sight of God. And we are at one with God as our sins no longer separate us from him. We can't celebrate Easter without Good Friday. And we cannot commemorate Good Friday without Easter. And hence the reason why the cross led the way of the procession this morning, followed by the Christ candle. You see, we first needed Jesus to die for our sins and to crush the head of Satan with his death at Golgotha before we can celebrate with joy that, his, that he is resurrected from the dead. The ledger, with all of our sins on it, is wiped clean only if Jesus Christ is raised from the dead. We cannot have the forgiveness of Good Friday without the joy of Easter morning. If Jesus is not bodily resurrected from the grave, then our life on earth is meaningless. Then all the wars and the bloodshed and the cruelty that we find that abounds in our world only is worse then the best that we can give our children is music lessons and sports abilities and a college education and sentimental memories and whatever, whatever material wealth we've accumulated. That's it. And then those of us who have hoped that our loved ones are with the Lord, that's, well, simply a fantasy if Jesus is not raised from the dead. And then, ultimately, for us, the grave, our grave, is our final destination. There's nothing more. But, and there's that word again, but if Christ's tomb is empty, if he is risen from the dead as he promised, then our life is lived differently. Then we have a living hope that life must and can be lived then our grave is only a resting stop on the path to eternal life in paradise. Then there's no more important news for us to share with our family and friends in our community than what the angels announced to the women on that Easter morning. Jesus' tomb is empty. 
He is risen from the dead. And then our life is as new and as refreshing as the forgiveness of sins and the cleansing of God's grace and the power of our risen Lord. And the psalmist writes, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits and in his word I put my hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning. More than watchmen wait for the morning. We all go through the dark, lonely valleys and caverns of life, don't we? And as we go through those dark valleys of life, we hope the light will break through the darkness. And as we wait for the Lord, we put our hope in His Word with anticipation that God's light will shine again in our lives as surely as the sun rises each morning in the east. And friends, as we wait on the Lord for that light to shine, let me assure you our waiting on the Lord is not in vain. The women are watchmen in their own right. For early in the morning, before the sun begins to rise, they head out to Jesus' tomb. And they've been waiting Friday evening and all day Saturday to prepare Jesus' corpse for death. And unlike the white watchmen of, of Psalm 130 who expect the sun to rise after the darkness of night, these women have no expectation no expectation of the sun rising, that is, the Son of God arising from the darkness of death. But to their utter astonishment, they're greeted, aren't they, with that most wonderful announcement of the angels. He, Jesus, is not here. The Son of God has risen from the dead just as he promised. And no sooner are those words spoken than joy fills their heart. And the light of Christ dispels the darkness that had been shrouding their broken heart. And their hope is not wishful thinking. Their hope is not empty dreaming or a shared hallucination. Their hope is not some phony crutch for them to lean on. Their hope is a living hope that comes only from knowing that their Savior is risen from the dead. Jesus' resurrection means that out of every death, whatever death that might be, the death of sin, the death of failure, the death of a lost opportunity, the death of relationships, wherever and whatever in life we experience loss, new opportunities arise. In every evil situation, our triumphant Lord and Savior Jesus Christ abides with us and he is present and he presents to us a hope and a future. It's no wonder that it is said that Easter is said to be the New Year's Day of the body and soul, for Easter is the day of new beginnings. And so, O Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, and with Him is full redemption. Yes, with Jesus is complete forgiveness of our sins, Complete and total victory is ours over death and every other evil thing through our crucified and risen victorious Lord. And it's with this living hope in God's unfailing love as manifested in Jesus' resurrection from the dead that we can trust Jesus. That we can truly trust Jesus 
in the darkest days of our life. It is this living hope in our risen Lord that kept Pastor Wold alive. Pastor Erling Wold, while playing in the Pacific Ocean surf with his family, was dashed into the sand by an unexpected powerful wave and his neck was broken. The diagnosis was that he would maybe have a 2% chance of recovery. Pastor Wold tells of the days and the weeks of physical struggle, but also of the months of spiritual ecstasy that came to him via prayer and the reflection on God's word. In a recorded message to his congregation, Pastor Wold said, I don't want anyone to say I'm sorry for Pastor Wold. I want you to say, I'm glad, profoundly glad for a God so big, he even answers prayers when he doesn't have to. And he makes us experience the very things that he's promised us through Jesus Christ. It's knowing that even though I may never walk again, I have still conquered my paralysis through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I'm assured that in the glories of heaven, I will walk again. And it's this hope that makes life so wonderful, so surpassingly beautiful, that I can lie here at night and just sing his praise and adore him from the depths of my being. While laying in his hospital bed, Pastor Wold did not wallow in the depths of his misery and self-pity, but instead he journeyed. He journeyed to the empty tomb of Jesus Christ many times, over and over again. The tomb where the angels announced, Jesus is not here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said. And as a result... Pastor Wold lived life such as it was with a living and vibrant hope. If you were to experience such a tragedy, do you think that you would live with such a hope? A hope that is rooted in the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Will you? O Israel, and put your name in that slot there. O Israel, O Pastor Schaefer, put your hope in the Lord. For with the Lord is unfailing love, and in him is full redemption. The story is told of Ryan. Ryan attended Sunday school for the very first time on Easter Sunday, and he was so pleased with the resurrection picture that he received. On the card was printed the words, Have faith in Jesus. And on the way home, that precious card slipped out of his fingers and it fluttered out the open car window. Stop the car, Daddy, Ryan shouted. I lost my faith in Jesus. Yes, this makes us chuckle, doesn't it? But I have a serious question for you. Are you going to allow your faith in Christ, your hope in Jesus' resurrection, to flutter out the window of your car on the way home today? Are you going to live your life as though Jesus is still dead? As though Jesus' death and resurrection never happened? 
Or are you going to live every day of your life with a renewed sense of hope like that of Pastor Wold and like that of the ladies who journeyed to Jesus' tomb on that first Easter morning and found it to be empty or like that of the psalmist? All who are people who place their hope in the Lord in his unfailing love his full and complete redemption. My friends, put your hope in the Lord. For with the Lord is unfailing love and with him is full redemption. Let the cross of Jesus be the focal point of your attention, for it is a glorious cross of forgiveness. Let the light that radiates from Jesus' empty tomb shine in your life and live in that life-regenerating light. Let the joy of the woman who trumpeted Jesus' resurrection to others be your song of praise to God. And let the news that the angels announced on that Easter morning he has risen be your source of hope every day of your life. And so remember, when you're enjoying the company of family and friends, Jesus is alive. When you get that hard-earned job promotion, Remember, Jesus is alive. When you receive an acceptable, accepted, a letter of acceptance from your school of choice, remember, Jesus is alive. When you get to spend some precious moments with your grandchildren, remember, Jesus is alive. And when you enjoy that hard-earned vacation, remember, Jesus is alive. And when your car battery is dead and you're late for work, remember, Jesus is alive. And when you are finding yourself unemployed, remember Jesus is alive. And when you find that your carefully laid plans fall apart, remember Jesus is alive. And when your kids are fighting and your house is a mess, is a state of disarray, remember Jesus is alive. And when your boss is as annoying as ever, remember Jesus is alive. And when you're faced with a difficult decision in your life and uncertain what to do, which fork in the road to take, remember, Jesus is alive. And when the anger of injustice pools in your heart, remember, Jesus is alive. And when you're wearied by the grind of living, remember, Jesus is alive. And when you're sick with worry and anxiety, remember, Jesus is alive. And when your body aches and your memory is fleeting, and you can't remember things like you did in the past, remember Jesus is alive. And when you're told that your life is coming to an end, remember Jesus is alive. And when you're so overwhelmed with sorrow that your heart is breaking, remember that Jesus is alive. And when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, remember Jesus is alive. And when you close your eyes in the sleep of death, remember Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive to take you by your hand and lead you to your eternal home. Do you get the point? The resurrection of Jesus from the dead is the wellspring of our daily hope. And that God-given hope permeates every facet of our life, giving our life purpose giving our life meaning, giving us reason to live. Yes, our risen and triumphant Lord Jesus Christ makes our life 
worth living. Jesus is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah.